also a member of Cleaning Profession Association of Nigeria. Bayo is someone I've personally known for uh, the most part of 20 years. Amen. He was my, uh, my first head of department in university. It was the ushering and the protocol unit before Pastor Godman graciously broke it up um, and split them into two different units. Amen. And I've, it's funny, I still call him HOD almost 20 years later because he's indeed my HOD. Uh, if, if there's someone who is an entrepreneur, this is, this is the person. I've, I've seen him do all sorts. Back in school then, he was... You remember change? Of course, you can't forget changes. He was recording uh, music for people and charging a, a fee. And from there, I remember we even had this big event where you know, people came and listened to good music. Christians, Muslims did all that. You know, and people gave their lives to Christ. And he was able to sell some of his... Uh, uh, tapes, and then I think he brought suya or salads or something into that. Amen. I've seen him do shoe business, which he's probably still doing now. Um, uh, he has done industrial uniforms. He's, he's been there. He knows what it takes to start something, and he's still doing many of these things. So this man has many arms. Amen. I want you to be attentive because I believe that God will speak through him. Let us bring forward uh, with a hand clap, Brother Bayo. Adenuga. He will be speaking to us for about 15 minutes. Problems, solutions, opportunities. God bless. Amen. Praise God. Um, I also like to add to what Pastor Tia said. I'm also married. And to Adeshola Adenuga. And we have two kids. We married for 10 years to the glory of God. Yes, um, while I was trying to prepare my presentation, you know, um, it brought a lot of pressure on me because I'm not used to doing this. And today I Googled some stuff and today I was trying to rehearse my slides and it was so difficult. And after some time, the Holy Spirit said, go in this dynamite. You know, don't try to be a consultant or what you are not. Just go and tell your story, what you've been through. And that's exactly what I'm going to do today. Um, I've introduced my company, Total Clean Technologies and Resources Limited. It's a mouthful. Uh, We're into professional cleaning and fumigation services. We do post-construction cleaning, we do janitorial cleaning, we do ad floor maintenance, we do floor restoration. In a short word, we do commercial cleaning, we clean for money. And to amaze you that it's, it's a very wide industry that uh, it wasn't something I planned to do. I trained as a quantity surveyor, and uh, don't let me go into the Suya stuff and all of that. I, a, a, another segment of my life started when I got married in 2004, and in 2005, I decided that um, I needed to be more um, defined in what I was doing. So I went back into construction and renovation works. And one of those days, someone called me and said, can you do cleaning? And I wasn't busy. I said, why not? You know, and that was how I stumbled into cleaning. And interestingly, I, I, I fell in love with cleaning because um, it has to do with building, something I'm familiar with. And I'm also a handsome person. You know, unlike the construction business, if your bricklayer didn't show up, you can't take the trouble and start doing the building and all that. So I was usually very frustrated in some of those projects. But in cleaning, because I developed likeness for it, as it were, if a guy doesn't show up, I can go on and do the cleaning, you know. So I was doing it part-time from 2005 to about 2006. And um, in 2007, the night... Uh, night watch we, we had then, I was just praying to God as in this year, 
I want to go into it focused, you know. And God said, go and focus on cleaning. So, I, 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 I closed shop to every other thing. I faced cleaning. And I was still a bit proud because everybody I met then, I would say, ah, I'm a quantity surveyor. I know about cleaning, blah, 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 you know. But it wasn't translating to money. I was sending out profiles, all of that. The whole of 207 was just um, miserable. But going into 208, God said to me, he said, do not be wise in your own eyes. You know, so, and I just scaled down. In fact, I remember one of my mentors I used to go to then, I said, please just tell me the secret to this thing. And she said, but I thought you know everything about cleaning, blah, blah, blah. I said, leave all that. I'm not making money. You know, so she now gave me a few advice, you know, and we started out and it was very difficult getting jobs without no track records, no, no funds as, as it were. We used to borrow, I mean, go and hire machines to work. In fact, there was one incident that I almost got arrested because uh, I was supposed to start the job and... Uh, on a particular day, I'd rented the machine, and the site was not ready. I couldn't return the machine, and the machine owner thought I was using the machine all over the island. So he threatened to call police, blah, blah, blah. So after then, I decided that I need to get the money. I need to start this business. And I prayed to God. I said, if you don't provide this money, I won't go on with this business. The longer short of it is that I can say I'm in cleaning because God instructed me to be there. So, and um, I was reading through the Bible, Isaiah 55, verse 5, on this particular day, and God said, people you do not know will favor you, you know. And normally what I do when I have projects like that, I list out all the things I need. I try and figure out people I can talk to and get soft loan or can even so into my life, you know. So, and <laughs> it was impressed on my heart that people you don't know, so, and I, I just, a name just dropped. The guy is supposed to be a family friend, but I don't really know him, so I made up the list, and I went to him. And interestingly, the guy looked at it. I said, eh, he looked at me. The only thing he said was that you're married. I said, yes. He said, okay. Um, if you can see me, that was somewhat around December. I said, if you can see me in February, I'll give you this money. And I went back in February, and the guy gave me the money. It was not even in the office. He just dropped the money I needed to start the business. And I went, I got all the Tokumbo machines I needed to start, you know. And we went out, still marketing, no job, you know. But... As God will have it, on this particular day, someone called me and said I should go to, then it was Intercontinental Homes. Said I should go and see his uncle there. I quickly rushed to the business center beside my house, printed out my profile on credit, ran to VI, you know. I, I met the guy. I, I waited for about two hours before the guy called me in. And the guy just took my profile I just announced to everybody, this guy does cleaning. I just dropped it. And that was it. Ah. Felt devastated. I didn't even know how to leave the office. And the guy just walked out. I said, okay. And you know, in that my down moment, as I came out of that building, I guess it was the Holy Spirit. He just said, go and see this guy down the road. The guy is an architect. He trained abroad. You know, and I just went there. Fortunately, the guy was there. So he was still chatting with me. I used to do shoes for him. He said, ah, this shoe, blah, blah, blah. I said, I'm not doing this shoe again. This cleaning, cleaning. <laughs> so I said, I told you, try me out. Try me out. You will try me out. The guy said, okay, I'll try you out. He called his engineer. They were doing um, one of these Dangote's building in Ikoi. He said, okay, try him out with a wing. I was so excited. In fact, if you came to that site, you think I'm a photographer because I was just snapping, snapping, just something to be able to show people. 
And to the glory of God, we did it well. And the guys had moved to the next wing. It was six wings. And eventually, they said, take the old building. You know, we did the old building from there. All their projects, Ned Bank, Afri Invest, Oceanic Bank, the guy was just giving us all the jobs. And those were one-offs, you know. Um, it was good, but we needed a retainership. So I went back to prayer. I said, God, you must give me one retainership. But at least we had track record now. We had things to show people that we could do the work, you know. So one of my friends got a job in Nigerian Aviation Handling Company, NACO. So I went to visit him. I said, ah, how can you be here and we can't get this place? As I come to think about it, the facility manager is a nice guy. You can drop your profile. So I did. And a few weeks after, the facility manager called me. Apparently, they've called Patoviki. They do the airport. But as God we have it, those ones didn't just show up. And the guy just came in one day and said, is there no other cleaning company in Nigeria? He said, ah, these people came to drop. He said, okay, call them now. And he called us. The guy said, are you sure you can do it? Where are you working? And I just kept saying, Dangote building, Dangote building. <laughs> the guy said, okay, you come and show me the next day where you've worked. I said, no problem, no problem. He dropped. Uh, about 10 minutes later, he called back. He said, can you start tomorrow? I said, why not? That was how we rushed to Narco. It was a very interesting experience there. I mean, that was the first time I swore that I'm a professional cleaner. Because <laughs> when we were messing up at some point, one of the guys said, you are not professional. I said, ah, we are professional. <laughs> so, from there, the guy said, I think I should just have my portfolio in one place. Go take Swiss Sensation, go take Media, I mean, Bid City, the project he had with him. So that was how we started retainership. We give God the glory. Um, from there, we moved on to Zenith Bank. I can remember then, they kept on pushing me back and forth. And I prayed that morning, God said, these people do not believe you can do the job, you know? So I said, eh, I packed all the photographs I have, and I went to the guy in charge. I said, I know you don't believe I can do this job. Look at all these pictures, you know? The guy said, no, 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 no. He kept looking at the pictures. I said, no, no, no. Ah, you've worked there. Ah, you've worked there. Okay. We'll try you with one place. And you know, that was it. We got into Zenith Bank. Started doing their facade cleaning, general cleaning, floor restoration, and um, from there, Zenith Bank bought over Zenon House building. We took over Zenon House, um, about a 14-story building. We're doing it. We got into Sahara Energy, and the rest is history. Um, I... I just want to encourage us that I, I can go on and on, and I know we have a lot of business consultants in the house. My wife is currently at LBS, and she's a business development consultant, so she adds a lot of value to us. But as Christians, I mean, there's a lot we can gain when we fellowship with God. We... We should um, know that God is interested in our career, in our businesses. He's not only interested in our spiritual growth. You know, it's also a way of ministering to people, you know. And um, I've had to appropriate different scriptures at different types of, I mean, times of my life. And it has really worked for me. There are times that I get into situations and I just tell God, you know, you are the one that called me into this thing. Just sort it out. And something will just break. Something will just happen. There will just be a turnaround. And there are times that uh, there are necessary ending. I 
could remember then in Zenon House, we did it for two years, and they, they brought in another contractor. I tried to find out why. You know, I, I, I believe in if you're faithful in little God will bring more. And at some point, they just told me it's order from above. And that was good enough for me. It wasn't as if maybe we didn't know the work or something, you know. For all you may know, it was when our own guys too were there, we got the job. So if there's a changing and someone feels he wants to bring in somebody else, no problem. But uh, we, we ended up the contract after two years. And I realized that because of that singular contract, we, we were not as aggressive as we used to be. You understand? Because once that account comes in, boom, pays up for every other place, you know. So we started rushing again, and God compensated, I mean, compensated us with about three other companies. Uh, we got Beckett Benkisa, we got Smile, we got Mediacom. And if we had up that account, it was much more than what we're getting in, even in Zenon House. You know. So... Um, I'm hoping that with these few thoughts of mine, um, you are blessed. <laughs> Amen. He told me earlier today, Pastor T, I'm not good at this thing. But didn't you enjoy that? You know, I, li- I like the fact he actually said it like a story, you know, and gave us the beginning to end quantity surveying. So are you still a quantity surveyor? He's whatever job comes. <laughs> Paul said to the Jews, I was a Jew. To the Greeks, I'm, yeah. So, so you're still a quantity surveyor. Hallelujah. We're going to have the ushers uh, passing. Carody wants to live in a world where ideas work. A thinker, a business breakthrough expert, multi-gifted designer with special grace and skill set to generate design and launch new ideas. He is the design executive officer of Dreams Enterprise, a company founded to break down norms and make something new in retailing. Working with great minds in disrupting the status quo uh, as it stands in the way of people's dreams. He loves everyday people and they are a source of strength, renewal and new ideas for his thriving enterprise. For the second time at Enterprise Development Month, let us welcome Brother Karade Akonde. Uh, good evening, everybody. I'm so glad to be here again tonight uh, at the Enterprise Development Month. I also want to thank Pastor Godman for the privilege uh, he's given me once again to share my story. Uh, but beyond my story tonight, I'm going to take us into some of the thought in my mind and some of the things that God has opened my eyes to see as it relates to our economy and our environment. Uh, I started uh, business at age 13 when I lost my dad, and I've been on the street since then, hawking and doing different kind of things. I share some of the story last year of how I moved from one business to another and to another and to another. And in five years ago, uh, specifically, I had uh, a major uh, focus for my business. Now, all of the things I've been doing, I, I got into furnishing business. And of course, I wasn't manufacturing, I wasn't doing anything. I was just uh, like, you gather pictures together, you show a client, they like what they see. I travel abroad, pack everything together, ship down to Lagos, install in client place, and I get paid. But in the course of that pro- a project I was doing in Lekki here, uh, it was a 22-room uh, uh, guest house. I had a Chinese company that was working uh, for us then. And in the course of the project, there were a, a partner company too. They, they stopped, the, the, the two people, they fought and they split the company. So my project was stopped. As Bayas described too, there's a bit of it where God will have to just guide you. So I was praying one morning and God told me to go into the, they've delivered 11 rooms out of 22. So I went into the room. God told me to go to the hotel pick every of the items they deliver. So I, I literally moved one room back to my house. Of course, I had no factory, I had no skills whatsoever in manufacturing furniture products. 
but I just obeyed. So I moved all the furniture down. So we opened everything up and look at, okay, what are the things they've done? What are the things? How they do it? So afterwards, I called in the street carpenters to come and see what I have in my compound. So we went to the market to try and get some of the things that they've used to manufacture the product for me. Long story short, I manufactured the, for the, I manufactured the, all the products intended for the remaining 11 rooms. Now, in the course of that project, I traveled to Dubai, where I usually do my purchases. So I was in Ikea, and it dawned on me that this one is huge. And for a retail company of that size to be able to uh, retail product at the lowest prices. So it got me thinking, and I felt this is possible. And I started Dreams Home Furnishing. That looks like the summary of everything that I've been doing. Now, today we have more than one enterprise that I lead. We have about seven of them now. But there's a pain within me, and I want to start by sharing the pain with us. One of the enterprises I lead today is called Dreams Woodworks. And it's the manufacturing backbone for our furniture store. Our furniture store is called Dreams Home Furnishing. Uh, Dreams Woodwork runs a factory uh, around Beggar. And in the warehouses where we presently occupy now, we have about additional seven warehouses there. It's a, quite a large warehouses. And each day I go into the compound. I have two neighbors that gives me pain every day that I walk into that compound. One of them is a Chinese company. And what they do is to export raw materials. This is the picture of in, the, in my factory environment. They will go to all the interiors. They will travel around the whole of Nigeria. They will buy logs of wood like this. They will bring container into the compound. They will load every of this wood into a container. And they will move them to China. They do that. If you come to our warehouse today, you will see logs of wood. This bothers me. Now, this thing you are seeing here is coming back to us as beds. It's coming back to us as chairs. It's coming back to us as different products, as different solutions that we have all around us. Each day I see this, I feel something is wrong. That these people will walk into our economy, buy everything, load it. I've never seen where they load containers before, but they do it every day, so I even know this is how they load containers. They will load containers sometimes for one week they were just loading. And they will employ people. All of these wood are not carried by any machines. They are carried by human beings inside the container. That bothers me. The second neighbor that I have, they are Indians. And Don't forget, uh, we have about eight warehouses, and it's a large compound. The Indians, what they do is to export cashew nuts. They, have a, they use about three bay in the warehouses, and they also lease the open floor of, of the space. Now, in cashew nut season, they will use all the compound. You can't even drive into the compound. They will spread cashew nuts all around the floor. They will dry up to some level. They will bag. They will load into the container for like two weeks. You will see container going out, coming in, going out, coming in. They turned our problem into solutions. And they bring it back to us as cashew nuts. That bothers me. Each day that I walk into the compound and I see this guy operating, I feel, what is going on here? You need to see, uh, you need to see what I'm talking about. It's, not, it's, a, it's a complex process to manage containers going in, coming out, going in, coming out. The traffic control, they don't care. They will just continue to bag. Bag, they will load the container and they will send out. What I'm here to do tonight is to let us know with my little experience in business that problems are okay and they are most welcome. Some of the thoughts within me are some of the things, uh, the little time I've spent doing business. I've come to realize that there's a problem 
and a solution with each of our names on it. Now, one thing I know, which all of us too we know, which all of us know too, is we have a lot of resources in Africa. We have a lot of resources. We are here to solve a problem. And one other understanding that I also have is God didn't create us and put a tag on our head as a banker, an entrepreneur. He gave us same commandment. Be fruitful. Multiply. Reproduce. Fill the heart. Subdue it. All of us know that God didn't manufacture chair for us. He only gave us wood. And he expects us to convert all of these natural resources, which we sometimes see as problems, to solutions. Our problems are being exported and turned into solutions that we all pay for. People don't buy problems. They, they pay for solutions. Problem has to be processed before they can be converted to solutions. I, when I started manufacturing furniture, I, I realized it's a very complex process. I mean complex. My factory has almost uh, 18 staffs. And you can imagine what it takes to manage artisans. But I understood that, see, I have to go through this process because it is what I'm supposed to do to excel in life. I've tried the options of, okay, let's hire expatriates. Let's do that. Because of the size of my company, I can't afford to pay some of them. The, the smallest Chinese guy you find around has $1,000 per month. That is the rookies. They can't speak English. That's the minimum. They pay them around. The professionals are even something else. Like that. We cannot continue to import solutions and expect our life, our economy to change. Every one of us. Everything we have today are imported solutions. That bothers me. Everything in this room today, they are all imported solutions. Of course, as Nigerians and Africans, we enjoy all the solutions we have all around. But God's economic growth and plan for man is for him to convert his problem to solutions. Now, in my study, I went on to look at what I can, a proper or a literal definition of problem. And it states in dictionary that a problem is a passive gap between the existing state and the desired state. Problems are created to create opportunities. Now, in my study too, I realized, as God will have it, or as God being the first uh, solution provider, when he created, he said there was chaos. So God could create order. There was darkness, so God will create light. There was loneliness, God created Eve. And there was hunger. God thought about it. He created us so we could stop the hunger and cook the food. There was discomfort, so God created you. And there was what? Clothes. There was death. God created us. And there was laundry and there was soap. There was eats, and God created William, William, uh, Willis Carrier, and he created hair conditioner in 1911. The future ahead of us are the problem around us today. The future ahead of every one of us, of this nation, are the problem that surround us today. Every one of us was created to solve a problem, and we need to start now. We are called to solve problems, and not just to come to life and enjoy solutions. Everything around me, I see them as solutions. The iPad is a solution. My phone is a solution. They are created by people. Now, I went on to also look at the word opportunity. And that is a very, in short, that was the peak of, of, my, of my study. Opportunity is defined as set of circumstances that makes it possible to do something. Very interesting definition. Set of circumstances. That makes it possible to do something. Now, this definition, I could, I, I could relate it with a, a research last year from Harvard Business Review. That was October 2013. And there was an article in, in HBR. Uh, the title of the article is, Seven Reasons Why African Time Is Now. I can't forget this article. Now, what the guy did, the author was Jonathan Barman. What he did was, 
just to show us the seven set of circumstances. Don't forget, opportunity is defined as set of circumstances that makes it possible to do something. So this guy went on to, I, I will just go through uh, the, the point he made very briefly. He says, African economy is growing faster than the economies of all other countries. About a third of the 54 African countries are seeing annual GDP growth of more than 6%. But this isn't just about diamonds and oil. Only 24% of the growth from 2000 to 2008 was attributable to natural resources. What's making this diverse and complex continent boom? The guy gave seven points. The number one point he gave is Africa has a huge market opportunity. It described, he went on to describe the size of our economy and like that. And different statistics, different facts. But there's a particular statistics which I have to, which I want to bring to our notice here. Now, in the course of this research, I went on to look at our economy and compared with, I look at our GDP. Our GDP is about 521.8 billion USD today in 2013. So I trace back to U.S. economy when they had the same kind of GDP. And it may interest you to see what happened then. Because it's an indicator to what can happen, even with the current GDP that we have. Now, in between uh, 1929 and 1934, uh, I don't know, okay, the graph is on, the, the GDP of U.S. and what we have as of last year was almost the same. Now, it was at this same time, too, that was in 1913, the U.S. has the greatest depression. They also had economic boom. Their stock market also crashed. In one of the reports, it, was says, it says, uh, in the first 10 months of 1930 alone, 744 U.S. banks went bankrupt and silver lost their savings. Of course, there was unemployment. But one thing I want to point to our attention is that same year, some companies that are still around today were founded. Number one, in 1930, Fisher Price was founded. Fisher Price is still in existence today. That same year, 1930, Duracell was founded. All of us use Duracell battery. I'm showing you this to look at the economy we have now. I feel it's the best time to start a business. It's the best time to solve a problem. In 1930, America Islands was founded. Ocean Spray is a drink brand. It's still available today. Wico Retail Store is still very strong today. In 1931, Allstate Insurance was founded. Porsche, I was so surprised. That is one solution everyone dreams to drive. But it was founded when there was this chaos, when there was this set of circumstances as we have around us today. There was Devry University. That was wonderful. That was Bridgestone Tire. In 1932, Lego was founded. Advanced Auto Part, Lays, Et Allen, Golub Capital, as of today, he ranks 135 America's largest private companies. And in 1933, Dazuns was founded. They later changed their name to Nizan. Lacoste, they are still available today. All of us enjoy these solutions. All of us wear their shirt, their jeans, and we feel so proud about it. U.S. News was founded. Marvel Entertainment and Southwestern Corporation was founded. The second thing the guy said, I, I will move very fast. Uh, I may not be able to go through all the points, but if you go to HBR, you'll be able to get the full report uh, the, of, of the guy's uh, uh, content about uh, Africa. He also said it's increasingly stable. Debt and inflation have decreased over the past decade. The number three thing he said, it will soon have the world's largest workforce. Number four, mobile is exploding. Number five, inter-African trade is in its infancy. We don't export anything between Nigeria and Ghana now that is significant. That is a strong indicator. Because if you go to Europe now, there's a lot of interstate trade before they even export. Number 16, it says that 20% of government spending goes to education. Now, I've mentioned all of this because we have fact that suggests that this is the wrong time to do something. But I realize that if you compare the GDP of America as of like relative to our own GDP now, 
some companies were founded. There are lots of them that were founded even in Great Depression. And they are one of the biggest companies today. Whatever you can do, do it now. Boldness as is genius. Today is the great day to start working on something that will make a difference. How do you want to spend the next five years, the next ten years of our life? I've made up my mind. I, 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 I interestingly uh, got into doing what I really love. I like things that are very practical, things that look like DIY. And I told myself, this is what I'm supposed to be doing now. Because I know, the, 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 the graph I showed us, we, we are like 84 years uh, ahead now. Or they are 84 years ahead of us now. And that, I, I just look at that time and imagine what my enterprise will look like in 84 years. For me, life is continuously being hungry. The meaning of life is not just to exist, but to, not to exist and just to survive, but to move, go up and conquer and achieve. We need to map, our, map up our future. Our best days are ahead of us. My encouragement tonight to everyone listening to me is there's something with your name written on it. There's a problem in Africa now that you need to solve. I see it as a huge potential. I see it as something, last year I was talking about uh, that, that, that we need more than one spa along Lekki Express Way. As of today, there are two developments going on on that road. All of these were not even from Africa. They are, they are not from Nigeria. Most of the investments are from South Africa. So I said here, there's a cereal brand with your name on it. There's a shoe with your name on it. There's a bag with your name on it. There's a cloth label with your name on it. There's an undergarment you need to produce. There's an heat tree with your name on it. There's a laundry and dry cleaning company with your name on it. There's a poetry with your name on it. There's a wall hat that bears your first name. There's a finishing school with your name on it. There's a roof tower with your name on it. And there's an ice cream brand with your name on it. There's a children brand with your name on it. There's a tablet with your name on it. There's an app with your name on it. There's a wash with your name on it. There's a fragrance with your name on it. There's a drink with your name on it. There's a bar or a club with your name on it. There's a record label with your name on it. There's a studio with your name on it. There's a gym. There's a fitness center with your name on it. And there's an hotel chain with your name on it. There's a fleet of cars with your name on it. There's an ISP with your name on it. There's a book, a classic, a bestseller you wrote. There's a TV show with your name on it. There's a ministry with your name on it. There's a diaper with your name on it. There's a shell with your label on it. There's a jeans with your name on it. There's a pant with your name on it. There's an estate named after you. There's an island with your name on it. There's a radio station with your name on it. There's a TV station with your name on it. There's a phone brand with your name on it. There's a table water with your name on it. There's a payment gateway with your name on it. There's a jewelry with your name on it. There's a line of makeup with your name on it. There's an orphanage with your name on it. There's a spa with your name on it. There's a football club with your name on it. There's a payment card issued by your bank. There's a bank with your name on it. There's a saloon with your name on it. There's a biscuit with your name on it. There's a newspaper company with your name on it. There's a magazine with your name on it. There's an album you released that was on top 10 chart for months. There's an agency with your name on it. There's a school with your name on it. There's a business school with your name on it. There's a soap with your name on it. There's a university library that was named after you. There's a gas station with your name on it. There's a bread with your name on it. There's a body cream with your name on it. There's an event center with your name on it. There's a public library with your name on it. There's a farmland with your name on it. There's a school with your name on it. There's an hospital with your name on it. There's an e-commerce website with your name on it. And there's a logistic company with your name on it. And there's also a pharmacy with your name on it. I believe this is the best time for us to do something. I don't know how to describe it, but my heart is so burdened, and I feel everyone should identify what our name, what God has tagged our name with at this present time. I don't need any prophet to show me that this is the time for us to start something that in 20 years, in 50 years, in 80 years, will be one of the biggest companies that, that will be around. Now, I want to leave this tonight by encouraging someone. I'm at some point of my uh, entrepreneurial journey, I feel very discouraged. I feel like just enjoying the solutions because the problems are numerous. 
the problems are, is it financial you want to talk about? I don't want to go into different things. So it's not, it's not going to look like, oh, everything is going to work according to plans. Many times I usually run to Pastor Goldman to help me out when we can't even figure out what we're going to do. I have an office, almost 30 staff, so running overhead alone. At the end of the month, I feel pressured. But I feel this is what I'm supposed to be doing now. I can't sit up. I can't live my life enjoying other people's solutions. And I want to encourage every one of us tonight that there is a problem with your name on it. One word that I've always find my courage in, that's what I'm going to hand my note tonight. And it's in Hebrew 19 from verse 38 to 39. If it can be displayed on the screen so that we, we all uh, maybe go through it together. It says, don't throw it all away now. You are sure of yourself then. It's still a sure thing. But you need to stick it out, staying with God's plan so you'll be there for the promised completion. It won't be long now. It's on the way. It will show up most any minute. But anyone who is right with me thrives on loyal trust. If it cuts and runs, I won't be very happy. And the last part says, but we are not quitters. We'll lose out. Oh no. We will stay with it and survive trusting all the way. That is my encouragement to everyone doing business today. And that seems, that, that feels very overwhelmed. It says in that word, we are not quitters. We'll lose out. We will stay with it and survive and trusting all the way. God bless you. Hallelujah. Okay, thank you, Bayo and Coyote, for that wonderful, wonderful um, rendition. Um, we all know that um, America is a desired country that we all want to be, we all want to go to, okay? But one thing that America prides itself of is that a land that when they are making their budget, they make budgets for the number of millionaires, entrepreneur millionaires that they want to make, in a year. That's profound. So I, I want to believe that's one of the key things that makes them one of the greatest nations on, on heart. Okay? Good. And we are raising entrepreneurs. The Elevation Church is raising entrepreneurs. So the first question I want to um, um, ask, and that goes to you, Bio. How do you develop patience, persistence to carry on over the years? I mean, in your speech, you mentioned there are downtimes and all that. Why is it that you kept on? There are a lot of people that have started, they faced that downtime, and they dusted their certificate and went back to paid job. So what is your staying power? Well, um, it, it depends on, for me, the business I'm doing, like I said, is an instruction from God. So to every challenge I had, I, I take to him, you know, and that has really, really helped me. But to some people, you find out that they are in business for the wrong reasons, and it's easy for them to, to quickly go back. But I've also encouraged people that you have different seasons in life. So there are times that things are not going well, well, that's, that's the season. There are times that we're so busy that you even want to outsource some of the job you have. So I've learned to enjoy the good times and to, to try and do something good with my um, free period rather than being frustrated. Okay. Thank you. Thank you very much for that. Please clap if you... Yeah. Um, Kaade, I want to ask you this question. Someone asked that, are people born with entrepreneurial ability or can it be developed? So what, what do you say? Well, I can't really put a tag on say, or, and say people are born with entrepreneurial ability. One thing I know is that God has given every one of us capacity to solve problems. And it also... Uh, it's also good I mentioned too that people that uh, maybe we call entrepreneur are they just like in terms of temperament they have the staying power they can process things much faster or in a different way so 
I don't think there is a particular tag and say so this one is born as an entrepreneur. I actually don't, uh, I, I run away from that word. I look at my life from the solution perspective, not just as an entrepreneur, but every one of us is born with, this, uh, with the capacity from God to solve a problem. Thank you very much. So, um, just like Pastor T said earlier in the opening, so it's just to train yourself to see. Okay? Thank you very much for that. Um, the question I want to ask now is actually practical. Okay? Now, um, just like you mentioned, you face challenges while evolving and moving from one business to another. Okay, I'm sure you had friends. You had people that you left school together. And those times that you are struggling, those guys are just probably moving up and getting promoted at their job. How do you manage that situation of seeming, seeing some of your friends seemingly succeeding? And there you are, trying to look for funds to start your business and to stay on in the business that seems not to be working. How, 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 how do you relate? How do you pull through this period? Seeing the success of your, of your friends. Bayo, you want to take a bite on that? Okay. Um, I think um, a couple of months ago, my, my, a friend called me from America and he said, Bayo, how come you don't look in the direction most people look at? You know, is as if you see something and you go after it, before we know it, you're gone. You know, um, for me, in whatever I, I find my hand to do, I look for a role model. I belong to the cleaning practitioners of Nigeria. The first time I went for their meeting, I said, I'm in the right profession. Some people would see class, G class, and all that. I was like, ah. You know, so I was just waiting for my time. When people make fun of me, I say, but you have cleaners in your office. Don't worry. Those who work in the admin or accounts, they know what it means to, be, to run a cleaning service. So I'm not moved by that. I'm a sanguine in nature. I enjoy myself, waiting for my time. You know, and entrepreneurship work can also be a lonely work. You know, you really have to develop capacity apart from passion. You know, and you have to spend time to acquire that. Thank you very much for that. Okay. Kyle, do you want to say something? Well, my entrepreneurial journey, uh, of course, I, I lean on more on what is ahead than what is even around. So uh, for me personally, I've, I've seen a, a, a glimpse of the future, which is not even readily available around. So for me to say, okay, I'm looking at my contemporaries and I feel like, wow, I'm not, of course, it, it looks easier when you see them enjoying the solutions, you know, the, the way they look, uh, I, I feel like, hope I'm doing the right thing. But at some point, you also need to encourage yourself and as God has called you and the understanding that I have to be a solution provider that this is what I'm called to do. So I stick with that, and I enjoy the way I look or what I do or what I drive. Wherever I am now, I think I'm okay. And that's the courage. Okay, so thank you. Godliness with contentment is great, green, right? Yeah. Good. Um, there's another question here. It says, this person says, I know I should be starting a business. There is a restlessness inside me concerning it. But how best can we find out what business we need to go into? Well, how best can you find out the business to go into? Uh, I'm sure you've heard in my slide, there is a business with your name on it. I don't know how best. You just have to find it. And we can't find it for you. <laughs> you, know, you know what is missing. You know the problem you feel. For instance, if you look at me, uh, I, I have a bit of... Uh, I have my stomach is a bit out. Somebody might not see that. Somebody will see that. It's obvious that you need to run a gym or a fitness center because that's what you see all around. So you will know that there's something you see that other people don't see. You walk into an environment is dirty. I can walk into that same environment. I won't see that it's dirty. You are seeing that it's dirty. So there's something that is written that on that you see almost everywhere. We can't find it for you. So you have to go and discover. 
if you listen to yourself, if you look at your, 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 your life, how it has unfolded over time too, you should be able to discover as of now that this is what I'm called to do. We can't find it for you. Um, just to add to what he's saying, I mean, it was when Bayer was saying something the other time. If, if there is something that is common to the two of them, they prayed, <laughs> at least. And they believe that this is what God is calling them to do. So just pray to God to open your eyes. I also want to say that um, when you're believing God for something, you need to be sensitive about it. You know, like I said, I stumbled into this. It wasn't what I set out to do. You know, so you have to be sensitive. And at times that, I mean, for instance, in church, people say they don't know that you need to join. I say, just join one and be faithful. Before you know it, it will be clearer to you, and you can move into something else. So, um, you just need to step out. Thank you very much for that. Um, This question goes directly to you, Bayo, and it's um, talking about the, the, the reality of our environment, okay? So, the question goes that, what, one, what training do you recommend, hmm? For new entries into the cleaning industry particularly. That's the first part. And then the second part has to do with how do you undo bribes? The, the demand for bribes, I mean, give me this, I give you this. How have you undoed it through your business? <laughs> okay. The first one is the consultancy question. <laughs> I should be making money out of that. But really, um, to get experience, for me, um, I've had to interact with those who have gone ahead of me in the industry. I surfed the internet to amaze you that even when I go abroad, the first course I went for abroad, when they were working on carpet cleaning and the, the carpet they brought out to be dirty, I said, this is not dirty. (laughs) And when I was trying to describe what it means to be dirty in my own country, they said, that's replacement. (laughs) I said, that's that's not replacement. You don't have bleach. You don't have, (laughs) you know, so really, you you need, the Bible says, either I will be wise, must work with the wise. Go for the pro in the industry. Get the information of them and apply it. So, basically, um, self-training. Okay, the bribery part. Um, For me, I've had to work out of some deals, you know, because I know I'm a product of grace. I I tell people uh, what I enjoy today is not my, my, my work. You know, and um, I've fallen one or two times, you know, to such things. And I, in fact, I, it was like, you know how it is. You, you get into some uh, situation that that's the norm there. And you're just being carried along. And by the time you want to sign the thing, it's like, so, you know, our own is, ah, I'm like, which, you know, I've had to, to, in fact, the last one that happened, I, I had to pray because the guy had done so much. And at the, at the point I, I, I submitted our quotes, he was asking me to ask, add more to it. And uh, I, I'd even added to it, I've sent it. I just didn't have peace. I had to call him. I said, I'm sorry, this is not who I am. You understand? And more so in, 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 in a congregation like this, I, I see some people out there falling into here. I'm like, thank God I did for. <laughs> you know, so, I mean, it's, it's so, one thing God has told me is that if you are going to excel in this thing, you have to be twice as good if you are not going to settle. And that is what is sustainable. So it doesn't matter if it won't work for me in Nigeria, I'll move to Ghana, I'll go and do the work. And I can work anywhere. So I'm not tied down to this place. Thank you very much. Thank you. 
So basically, summarizing what you said, I mean, self-training, then go for mentoring, because sometimes your, your situation may be peculiar, and you just have to apply your, I mean, wisdom as garnished from the, okay? And stand for what you believe in, okay? Absolutely. Um, this question, it keeps recurring every time we talk about um, starting a business and all that. Um, you, I mean, you've mentioned quite a bit of it when you were talking, but I think for emphasis sake, because it keeps coming up, I also still want you to just address it and add long. You said, you said, I just started a new business. How to raise capital has been a great challenge. So how do you raise capital without borrowing? Well, okay. I can answer the question based on my own experience. I started uh, my business without borrowing. And all I did was to create a model of my product. Now, you come into our shops, you come into our stores, we show you what we sell. Do you like it? Yes, I like it. We can't take it home. We only just have one. Give us five days. Give us six days. You will get your own. Now, the customer is walking away. We say, no, you have to give us a deposit to show that you are interested or you are really sincere in picking this product. So, we started bootstrapping our enterprise. And we've grown our businesses through the same strategy like that. We've also tried to assess funds. But I realized that is, as our economy is, is not mature enough, they are, for me, raising funds now looks like uh, maybe time wasting, especially from banks. They, they raise your hope, you move the account, they tell you one story or the other. So I've decided that the best I can do now is to build trust. Most of our sales are from referral. The last customer we work for bring the next customer for us. So if you're, think, if, if you're planning to start and you don't have the capital, I'm not, I'm not too sure if this is applicable to all industries. But I know you can find a way, even if you have to borrow. But one thing uh, that you have to do is the capacity to pay back. But that's another problem. There's no story you would tell anyone that, okay, you borrowed, the business failed, uh, they should understand the economy is this, is that. You are not faithful. So if you can bootstrap your way through, it's going to pay off. Uh, in, uh, in moving my organization forward, I've had to engage one or two financial advisors. And one thing that they've really appreciated about our enterprise is we don't have any debt or any loan. That we're able to start a business from scratch amazes them. And I feel those are some of the price we paid, having to grow organically and very slow. I mean very, very slow. So that at the end, we'll have a record that looks like the future we want to have for ourselves. So I want to encourage anyone that is looking at raising funds. If you can assess it, great. But with my experience, I think it's better you start bootstrapping. Be sure that the ideas will work. Be sure that the customers will like the product. Be sure that you can deliver. And be sure that the product is sustainable. It's not a product you sell in six months, it collapses. Those are some of the lessons I've learned that even if I borrow money from Onset, I will have been out of business now. Thank you. Bye. Your last word. Okay, I, I think the, the need for capital is overemphasized for um, startup business. People talk about capital and capital. And, you know, I had a terrible experience when I was doing shoes then. I, I got a facility from a bank. It was an OD. And it, it almost it ran me mad, you know. I was making shoes then. You you just realize that you go to Mushi, the material, I mean, the leather you wanted to buy is no more available. And, you know, a lot of things were just happening. I didn't do my homework well. And I, I, I ran into a lot of trouble. And thank God it was still, uh, it wasn't that much then, you know. So I made up my mind that whatever I'm going into, capital won't be the issue. I would look around it anywhere I can go about it. And I gave example when I started my cleaning company. I was hiring machines, you know. I could ask for advance payments. Try to avoid it. There's, there's, there's too much problem that you can't even see that rather than adding more to yourself. You understand? You, you may have to just start small. If you can't go all out, be a middleman, get commission, start building up bit by bit, 
you know, and grow and learn from other people's mistakes before. If, if you are, by the time you're big enough to get capital, the banks will be after you to give you money, you know. Thank you very much. Please, let's put our hands together for our speakers. And that's the end of this session. I'm going to invite Pastor Godman to...